Welcome to Let's Talk Law, the Law Careers podcast for students at King's College London. I'm Caroline Lintner, one of the careers consultants for the Dixon Pooley School of Law at King's, and today I'm joined by Dr Caroline Silver. Caroline is a lecturer in the discipline of human rights at the Institute for the Study of for Human Rights at the Department of Political Science at Columbia University. Caroline is generally interested in institutions, human rights and social justice from the perspectives of international law and international relations, sociology and related disciplines. She has recently published an article about the structural bias of domestic courts in Latin America. Caroline holds a PhD in political science from Northwestern University and a PhD in law from the University of Copenhagen. She also holds an LLM from King's College London, which is why she's with us to here today. And prior to this, she gained an LLB uh, law degree in Brazil. Caroline, welcome to Let's Talk Law. It's fantastic to have you here. Thank you, Caroline Linders. It's my pleasure, in fact. First time we both had two Carolines, Carolines on, on the podcast. So that's the first for Let's Talk Law. Um, but I'll make sure I keep the pronunciation correct for your name. Um, I want to take you back a few years um, to your decision to study law in your LLB in Brazil. Um, what, what drew you to the subject? Because it's clearly been something you have developed over the years. But take us back to your time studying in Brazil when you were there. That's a good question, Caroline. Um, I started to um, think about law as a way of so social justice. So um, studying law in Brazil um, really helped me to develop this type of mindset. And I'll stop there because I don't want to repeat myself for the upcoming questions. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, and from the introduction I gave about you, you know, you're an academic now. So we know that you have gone down that route, but many of our listeners who are studying law um, at King's decide they want to practice as a lawyer or a barrister. So an obvious question is, did you ever consider going into the practice of law? The way that I would answer that, Caroline, is that um, I actually did practice um, tax law as an accountant. Right. So that's not precisely law, but the way that I saw it and the, is that uh, big institutions are not worried about, um, about fairness and, and about the individuals. So uh, being an accountant for four to five years was something that really put me down from the law practice. So you had that experience and... Uh... Uh, it's good to reflect on that, I think, because the other thing we always like to get across to our listeners is that you don't have to just do one thing for the rest of your career. You can indeed have a very fulfilling career doing different things. So why did you decide to study for a LLM at King's and, and what was your experience of both the course and also studying in London and at, at the university itself? So um, I believe King's was fundamental for my foundation in human rights. I remember that 12 years ago, uh, we didn't have many options for students to pursue human rights uh, academic careers. And King's came as one of the best options, not only in the world, but also in London. Because if you looked at the, the other universities, um, I remember that there were not many options at the time. Um, to be more specific, um, I remember talking to several professors um, at King's about my um, PhD project. At the time, it was an unfunded project, and 
Um, I was trying to push that forward and many professors did um, support me on pursuing this goal. And that was really fundamental for me at that point. And whilst we're talking about Kings, is there anyone there that, you know, you look back on and think, well, they really incentivized me with my project and what I then went on to do? So this is a really great question that I would like to answer in the following manner. First, Professor Alexander Turk uh, was wonderful uh, in helping me to identify that I actually had a project. This happened during his course on European constitutional law. I can't recall the precise title of the course, but he did talk to me uh, a lot during office hours and, you know, down the hall. And he was um, a really great support. Two other um, great professors that I would like to mention are uh, Silvia Borelli, um, who is a visiting lecturer at King's still. Her course on, inter on international human rights was really um, fundamental for my career growth. And she actually advised my, 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 she advised my thesis, so she was wonderful. And the third person that really helped me was Antonius, Professor Antonio Tsanapoulos. And he also works in a very similar area that I do. And um, I think both of them are mentioned on my dissertation. So I would like to thank these three um, wonderful uh, professors that I encountered that there. So something I know we spoke about before, Caroline, is that you were working and studying at, at the same time whilst you were at King's. Yes, correct. I did that for many months. Um, and I realized that um, it was very, very hard and tough. What I then uh, decided to do was to pursue a small scholarship, which King's granted me. And with that scholarship, I uh, managed to write my final thesis, which was a success. Um, I didn't publish the thesis, and, um, but um, it helped me to develop my PhD project later on. So I think uh, King's has a good, um, institutional setting for those um, students that um, may be struggling uh, with financial support as well. Yeah, yeah. And and you've alluded to it there. Um, and of course, when I introduced you, uh, I mean, most people would be content with one PhD, Caroline. You, you have two. You have one in law and one in political science. So, you know, you've got to tell us why you decided to, to do that, because it doesn't sound like an easy route at all to someone uh, from Correct. my perspective. <laughs> so um, mostly I wanted to interview domestic judges in Latin America. That was my main goal. And why did I want to do that? Because I was worried about not only social justice, but how the domestic judges in Latin America were using the Inter-American Court the initial question to that was, um, why do they ignore, why do domestic judges ignore completely the Inter-American Court? I was curious about that. And uh, some people may say that we should add some feelings in our academic uh, pursuits. And at that point, I was um, a little bit angry as to the fact that they didn't use the Inter-American Court at all. And in fact, when I was studying law in Brazil in 2006, I didn't even know about the Inter-American Court of Human Rights. So um, these are just some practical examples on how the LLM King, oh yeah, at King's really helped me to shape my mind in, in human rights and so on. And, and then led, that, led to two doctorates at the end of the day. Correct, that's the two doctors. You, you have to have a passion, you have to have a theme, 
and the rest comes with it. I did both of my PhDs um, at the same time. It took me five years, um, but it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> and and you've, you've already alluded to this a little bit, but we've had other people on this podcast who are doing PhDs or have done PhDs. Um, and, and a question I've always asked them is, now, what's the most challenging aspect or aspects of studying for a doctorate? Because from what my understanding is, it can take you on a bit of an emotional and mental uh, journey, um, depending on how your research is going and, and how you're just developing your PhD studies. From your perspective, as someone who's looking back now, what, what was the most challenging or challenging aspects for you? I guess. Um the most challenging aspect was to learn social science methods because this was something that I really wanted to do. And, and funny enough, now I teach methods, um, but it was a, a huge challenge for me um, to study both quantitative and qualitative methods, but I really wanted to, to pursue that path. So that's um, why I ended up doing the PhD in political science. Um, other than that, uh, living in different continents, US and, and, and Europe, uh, it was a huge cultural challenge for me as well. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't uh, discourage students from um, doing that. Yeah. And uh, maybe this might follow on from it, but, but what do you wish you had known about doing PhDs before you decided to, to embark upon them? Um, this is a very tricky question. I wish I had known more about the institutional difficulties that different institutions can uh, pose um, for a PhD student and how to overcome these challenges quickly. Because you have to be smart. You have to pick your fights and you have to push your research forward. Mm -hmm. And the, the institutions, institutions uh, they may not always um, facilitate that process. And so I would be, uh, I would recommend to, to be aware of that and, and to try to push your research uh, forward as soon as possible. And how do you do that? By reading the contracts, the regulation, finding the right people and, and asking for help. I guess mm. this is the way. And other people have commented to me that um, it's really important to have the right supervisor. Would you say that's, you know, was that an important element to you? Um, with who was supervising your PhDs, did that relationship that you had with them? Yeah, of course. I mean, um, what I what I want to say about the supervisor is that we're all humans. So um, the most important thing for you is to connect professionally very well with your supervisor. I was lucky enough to have two wonderful supervisors, um, Ian Hurd, Professor Ian Hurd at Northwestern, and Professor Shai Dutan, I would like to say their names because um, I wouldn't be what I am today without their mm -hmm. full um, and supportive assistance throughout mm -hmm. uh, my both PhDs. Yeah. yeah. So as I said, there were many institutional things that were absolutely um, difficult to reconcile uh, about the dual degree. And um, as, a, as a working group, we have managed um, so if you establish a good bilateral relationship with your with your supervisor, most likely you are going to succeed. But of course, you have to sit and write. 
Yes, there's no getting away from that. <laughs> you have to do that. Absolutely. Um, and uh, Caroline, you, Caroline, you will know from you very kindly spoke to some of our students on our transnational pathway LLM um, a few months ago now. Um, and we have a lot of students that come to us saying, I want to get into human rights work. And I know that it's a really broad term and so do they. So we have an expert with us here today in you. Can you break that down for us a little bit? You know, how, what does human rights mean in the context of law and what can students do to explore or research this area? Because it's very easy to say I want to do human rights law, but what does it actually mean? This is a very tricky question, Caroline, because we would have to read um, several different conventions <laughs> and we it's very hard to pin down what human rights, um, uh, the concept of human rights is. And I will not do this in this podcast. However, I will tell you one exercise that I have been doing with all my students to bring human rights down to earth. Mm. So the first exercise that I do during my classes is that I ask them, uh, what are their human rights interests, not only in their professional lives, professional academic lives, but also uh, for their for their lives. And so from this perspective, we, we start thinking what human rights, what is the concept of human rights? And then we follow from that, right? Um, I am a broad specialist on human rights, meaning that I mostly understand how uh, politics um, of human rights are um, undertaken and, and, and unfolded. So I mostly, I'm mostly interested in uh, same-sex marriage and amnesty laws. So these are the two areas that I have dealt with during my PhD studies. Uh, but I do tend to consider myself a broader specialist. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess is, is that a good exercise for our listeners to do if they're trying to work out, you know, I, I want to get into human rights. Is it, is it as simple without wanting to, you know, paraphrase what you just said but is it as simple as, as sitting down and thinking well what does human rights mean to me and perhaps where can I can I see that connecting with institutions or what I read about in the press is is that the best place to start I believe the best thing the best place to start is to ask a question while you're asking this question you have to understand in which discipline you are um categorized so for instance um I would be familiar with law, political science, or anthropology or sociology. And I think all these disciplines are well equipped to understand human rights. So the first thing that you do is to ask a question. The second thing is, um, which discipline do I belong to? I think most students um, at King's would be interested in law, uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't use law and another discipline to breach uh, the gap of what you're trying to say to the world. So the most important question is form your identity through your research question, your academic identity and your professional identity as well, because you know you can be studying, um, you can be an advocate for human trafficking and you're still going to have a theoretical and broad uh, perspective of human rights in mind. Mm -hmm. So that's what I have been telling uh, my students. Yeah, it, it, there is such a lot of 
research opportunities out there, isn't there? And it's not a, it's not sort of like a look at a law firm and decide you're going to apply to that one. It could be working for the UN. It could be working for charities. It, it, it's very, very broad, isn't it? Um, and I think sometimes students struggle to know where to go to because if you know friends who are going into commercial law, it's quite straightforward to find information about that. But human rights is 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 a little bit more challenging. But maybe that's part of the the fun of it that it's about doing the research and uh, and understanding what why you're wanting to do this. You have to be in the right place. You have to pursue internships of human rights in big in big cities. Why do I say that? Because you're going to have much more opportunities coming up. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't go to the field. I know that the UN, for instance, accepts many interns paid and unpaid to countries that are in need of assistance. Uh, so I, I didn't have this opportunity during my career because I am a full um, academic um, person. But um, I think these opportunities are um, wonderful. And I really, um, I would be happy to um, see some of my students pursuing that. In fact, I have one student that's already um, worked for the UN, another one that worked for uh, the Denmark embassy um, in uh, different countries. So um, I remember um, all these different experiences from my uh, previous students. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about your students then, because um, it's very clear to me today that I'm talking to someone who really enjoys teaching. Um, you know, what Tell us about your experience of being an instructor and an, uh, an a lecturer. Um, thanks, Caroline, um, for saying that. This is uh, a wonderful validation. So um, I have been teaching since um, 2004, 15 in Copenhagen. And um, so I taught international um, human rights, international um, disputes resolution and international courts. I then moved to the um, US and I taught several different courses and I'm just going to pass over them. So law and gender, constitutional law of the US one and two, environmental politics and policy and uh, international um, human rights law, which was my own class. So I'm just giving you a broad perspective uh, of the things that I have done as an instructor, as a teaching assistant and uh, this is my broad experience. Um, I like to say um, this variety of the courses that I taught because now I'm uh, offering two different courses here at Columbia. One is um, methods, methods of uh, for human rights. So very straightforward, mostly qualitative methods. And the other one is my own course, Courts as Gatekeepers. Uh, I just um, lectured this first course yesterday, the course as gatekeepers, and the students enjoyed very much. I will stop there and um, I will see what, what is more interesting for you and for the students. Yeah, well, course as gatekeepers, that, that sounds absolutely fascinating. And, and, it's, and that's your course, so you've been able to develop that yourself. And how did you how did you enjoy that process? I mean, you're smiling at me as I can see you on the screen. It sounds like you absolutely love that you're able to put this together. I mean, is that is that am I right in saying that? Yes, you're absolutely right. It's very difficult um, to say something in two minutes. So the idea, Caroline, for this courts as gatekeepers 
was inspired by the use of gatekeepers uh, from Kafka. Before the law stands a doorkeeper and the doorkeeper is not alone. He's usually working in a group together with other gatekeepers, right? And so um, during this class and during this argument, I mostly say that domestic judges are the ones that have agency. Um, well, that sounds great. I mean, and incredible that 12 years ago, that that idea and that curiosity about that, that, that concept and you're at Columbia now teaching that. I mean, that that's incredible. Um, we've, we've come to our final question, Caroline, and I mentioned again in my introduction to you, and I've just said it now, you, you recently started a new position at Columbia. So, so, so tell us about what it's been like for you starting at a new university. Again, you're in the States, and I know you're very familiar with living in the States, but um, you know, how, how's it been for you? Yeah, this is a great question because it, it actually offers me the opportunity to explain to the students how it feels like, right, this, this big transition. So um, a couple of months ago, I was in Germany doing my postdoc and working in all this very interesting and stimulating um, intellectual conversations about the gatekeepers of the realm, courts as gatekeepers and so on. And now um, I am a full-time lecturer at Columbia giving two classes and most of my time is spent um, preparing the classes and talking to the students. Um, of course, this is a fascinating new world to me and I'm extremely grateful, but it is quite a big change to come from a postdoc position that you are mostly on your own and carry on your research to uh, something that you have much more dynamic in, in life. And, you know, I, I don't need to tell you about New York because it's quite similar to London and um, it is wonderful, but it can be quite uh, overwhelming. So these, ha these have been the challenges, uh, the challenge and, and the, the excellent perspectives um, about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we, we wish you well as you continue to settle in uh, to your new role. And, and as you said, a big adjustment that you're making at the moment and have made. Um, Caroline, we have come to the end of our time together. It's been absolutely fascinating hearing about your career and your experiences um, so far. And um, I, I before I do let you go and get on with the rest of your day, because you're in the morning in New York and we're afternoon here in London. Um, I do want to remind our listeners that we'll be back soon with a new episode of Let's Talk Law. But in the meantime, and on behalf of our listeners, thank you so much for continuing to give back to Kings. Um, we always love to hear from alumni. Thank you for helping to break down human rights for us. I've certainly learned a lot from our conversation and really wish you all the very best for the future. And thank you for chatting with us today. Thank you so much, Caroline. It was really a great pleasure and hope to talk again with you soon.